for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are live. I'm in Waco, and we have a very special guest. You're currently in Orem, was, or are you in Provo currently? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in Orem. Uh, all the band members are kind of scattered across Utah Valley area. Okay. Well, we got Aubrey Schill from Rody the band. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. A little tired from work, but you know, <laughs> hard day of work will do that to you. Yeah, it will. <laughs> so you're, all right, and you're from Utah, or yeah, Utah, right? Like born, raised, all that fun stuff? I actually, so I grew up in South Carolina, okay. and uh, but my family is originally from Utah, so we moved back here um, when I was in high school. Okay. And, um, how, or, so you were born in South Carolina or were you born in Utah and then you moved <laughs> I was there? born in Utah and then okay. we relocated for my dad's schooling and, um, we've been back here for a bit. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, first thing I want to talk about that caught my eye as I was kind of rolling through your website here, you guys are playing tree fort this year. Yeah, we are. We're super excited about that. Nice. Is this will be your first year then I take it? Yeah. Yep. This will be our first year. I think this is really our first uh, big festival that we're playing. Nice. And now have you ever been to Tree Fort? Like just as a fan? Yeah. I have heard a lot about it. And when I saw that they were accepting applications, I was like, that would be really cool. It kind of was like a far off dream. And then it, we got the email that we were accepted and everything's just kind of rolled from there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I was introduced to tree fort a couple of years ago when one of our uh, friends bands was playing in it. And then I've just kind of been watching it for the last few years. And it's like, that's a really cool festival. Like, yeah. and then I started noticing all the bands that they had coming through and it's like, Oh wow, these are all really good bands too. So when I saw that pop or when I saw that on your schedule, I was like, let's talk about it. <laughs> yes, please. We're excited. Yeah. And it's a couple weeks away, right? Right. Yeah, weeks? so that's happening at the end of March, I believe. And for those that don't know about Tree Fort, what what is the music festival about? It's um it's kind of like a it feels like a roots movement, like a, an outdoor-ish, like scattered around a music festival in Boise. Okay. And they feature a lot of um, local acts, a lot of national acts, and it's just a really good um, smattering of different kinds of music and um, bands that you can see and artists. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Nice. And uh, your band is kind of like a soul slash Americana feel. Like when I was listening yeah. to your music, I kind of got a lot of that feel from it. But you still yeah, don't stray too. You still don't stray too far from the singer songwriter aspect of it. Yeah. So I definitely. So I've been playing music um, as a solo act for about seven years now, and um, it wasn't until recently. I think it was two or three years ago that I started putting together a band, and it. It's only been about a year, maybe a year and a half with the band that we have now. Okay. Um, but it, this is the band. It's kind of, We cycled through a few people just trying to figure out what was a good fit. And this um, group has been the one that's really stuck well. And we all really enjoy working together and kind of have all the same mentality of where we want to go with it. So it's been really, really good. Awesome. And you said it's been a year and a half with this lineup, correct? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, about it's maybe a little bit less <laughs> with some okay. of them, but right. for the most part, I feel like it's been about a year, year and a half ish. And is how long? When when did you first start? Like original lineup? When did you first start the band? But two years ago, I think you said. Yeah, or, two or three years ago. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> but somewhere and, else. What what was the idea behind it? Was it you were just wanting something different than the solo singer-songwriter thing? Or what was kind of the idea when you were looking to form the band? Well, I I always, so I originally was doing music under the stage name Aubrey Liz. And it was always kind of a thing to me where it felt too cutesy. Mm. <laughs> and I really wanted to, I've been really inspired throughout the time that I've been writing music by the women that are, those really hardcore women musicians, you know, and they, I, I just wanted to kind of embrace that sort of strong feminine um, sound that a lot of those women have. And so the idea with the, forming the band was to create a stronger, more like unapologetic sound than I had had as a solo artist. So I was looking for artists or musicians that were very strong in their craft and um, in their kind of in their opinions with songwriting too is what it's kind of turned out to be which is actually really fun so it's stretched the sound that we have in a lot of ways and made it what it is now and um, speaking of stretching the sound how is it kind of did it start one way and then kind of evolve into another sound or how's the um, sound kind of evolved over the last few years from when it first started to now? Well, like you said, there's definitely a lot of uh, singer-songwriter <laughs> elements to it. And it definitely started out as just um, me and a guitar, and it was very simple and basic. And um, when we first started adding people to the group, it was just um, lead guitar, bass, drums, and my rhythm guitar and vocals. And it was kind of the basic band setup and um we had some really really good musicians in at that point and they brought a lot to the production side of creating like just gr the growth of the songs in a lot of ways and then uh it was sometime last year we brought on um the newest well the newest part of the sound which is a uh, trumpet and trombone we've got mm -hmm. a little brass section yep and that I think was what really brought out what made our sound different. And mm. that is the fact that it has a lot of soul in it. It's got kind of that old school, nostalgic, um, soulful feel. And I, I have a lot of fun playing this kind of music because it's something that I feel like my voice really fits into. And that is really, um, I don't know, it's just something very unique with this group, especially. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you brought up the uh, the brat or the horn section, the little horn section, because that was the first thing that caught my attention when I was kind of looking through some of your content and uh, listening to some of your music was the was the brass section, and it was like, oh, that's different. You don't see that in a lot of bands. So yeah, that's definitely the thing we get the most con comments on. I think when people hear us live, they're like, oh, that brass is so cool. Yeah. So we're glad that they're there. <laughs> and they're really they're really good players too. So it was just like, okay, cuz you know, sometimes you get brass players that can kind of fake their way through a set and they're really not that good, but these guys are really good. So I'm um, Oh yeah. They're definitely performers too. If you um see any of the videos that we have live, they um the trombonist especially really likes to rock out and it's it makes the live uh performance a lot more fun for me especially because it just adds a lot of energy <laughs> yeah I was just actually watching before you uh jumped on here I was just watching your uh tiny desk submission hey. uh video so it was like oh wow that was really <laughs> really good um Thank you. let's see which way do I want to take this um let's go let's take a step back and what got you into music so I actually um I've always really liked, I've just had a really strong affinity for music since since a young age. Um, my dad plays guitar and um, he, he would have me learn songs and learn how to sing them so that he could accompany me on guitar with them. And that was something that I grew up doing. 
and really loved. And then I got into middle school and high school and I got really self-conscious and I didn't really sing solo as much anymore. And it was more about, I did a choir and I did a little bit of musical theater for a while, but I didn't really um, dive into songwriting until after I graduated. And at that point, what happened was I, my sister got me a ticket to go see Ed Sheeran actually. And going to see him live um, back when it was kind of a smaller venue Mm -hmm. and it was still just him and his guitar. It was a really, really cool experience to see how much one person's music could affect so many people. And I think that experience was what made me decide that that's what I wanted to do because I I had felt how much music had affected me throughout my life. And um, just seeing how much it affected a whole room full of people was just really inspiring and made me realize how important it is. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny you brought up Ed Sheeran because I've really been into a lot of his music, like from like uh-huh. the Divide album, like just mainly the Divide album. For whatever reason, it caught me at the right moment in my life. And I'm like, all right cheers you know yeah no he's he's really an incredible songwriter i feel like he um can spread his uh songwriting scope across so many different genres and Mm. still every time like any genre he writes in it really captures people who like that genre so it's a really good skill to have (laughs) oh yeah it is um and do you remember the first time you heard a song that in like what was that first song that you heard that uh was really made you think like oh i really want to get in like really want to make music my my thing do you was there a specific song that you heard um i think it actually was i think the main thing that made me decide that like what direction i wanted to go in as far as songwriting goes because of how much it affected me was just most of Ray LaMontagne's music. Mm-hmm. Um, his music is has so much soul and so much emotion. And it's it's really simple in like the chord structure and everything, which gives it kind of that old school feel as well. And I think that timelessness to it and just how much emotion is packed into such simple words and melody really impacted me and um, made me want to learn how to write like that, I guess. Um, That's definitely been a big impact on my writing and me deciding how I wanted to go about writing and what was important to me about music. And uh, since we're on the topic of writing, uh, what's kind of your creative process when like just you solo writing, what's your process? Do you have a melody in mind or do you usually like to write first? I, so my band and most musicians that I've talked to have told me that it seemed like for them, it's backwards compared to what they do, Mm. (laughs) but I usually uh, can't really move forward with a song unless I know like what it's about. So I can't really start with the like instrumental side of things, like with melody or chords or anything like that. I have to figure out the words and usually it'll it'll be like a phrase that comes along with the melody at the same time and then i'll kind of build off of that gotcha and now is that kind of carry over into writing for the band are you the primary writer for the band or does the rest of the team kind of jump in and help as well um well for the last little bit pretty much the whole time the band has been together it's been a lot of me bringing songs to the band and then them fleshing it out a lot so it's definitely a very collaborative effort because they write all of their own parts as far as uh, the instrumental goes and really add to the emotional aspect of like just building it up and creating the sound that we want for it and creating Mm -hmm. the emotional reaction that we want for it i guess but we're actually hoping to start doing more group writing and more exploratory writing as far as writing all together now that we've kind of solidified our lineup we want to do more of writing all together and um, seeing how that changes and grows in our sound. But I think for the most part right now, um, they're, they're still wanting me to do lyrics. 
So it's going to be fun, a fun challenge for me to see how I can write um, creating lyrics for songs that they're creating. And um, how do you decide what you're going to write about? Um, I mean, it's whatever feelings I'm feeling. <laughs> um, a lot of it is uh, very situational. Um, sometimes I do, I hear a song that I really like and I'm like, I want to write a song like that. Like, that's a cool sound. And I'll kind of take inspiration from that. But a lot of the time, it's just me feeling feelings and sticking them on paper. Nice. That's awesome. Um, and you guys just released an album in November, correctly? Yeah. Yeah. We released our debut full-length album. We'd released a little EP before before we had the um, brass section. So I feel like this one was really the debut of our new sound that we're kind of striving for. Nice. And what was the uh, process like prepare, right, preparing for the album, recording? What, what was? Can you kind of walk us through the process of that? Yeah. Yeah. So the beginning of that so we I was thinking about recording an, another album uh, last year and it was actually for a battle of the bands that we brought the trombone and trumpet on for and bringing them on for that and um, seeing how the sound just completely expanded with that uh, it definitely gave me a lot more um, push and drive to really get that going. <laughs> so it was for the Battle of the Bands that we kind of arranged and put together the a lot of the songs that are on the album now. But um, after that, we kind of took what we had created for that and um, kept expanding with it and um, trying different things with it and basically just experimenting as we performed them live and we did two tours last year with those songs and it was once we got back from both those tours that we started recording and I think the fact that we performed them so much really helped us uh, solidify how we wanted it to be um, like as you listen to it so it was uh, it was really cool to have um, had so much time to really perfect the songs and perfect what we wanted to be on the album before ever recording. So before we stepped in the studio, we performed the songs probably hundreds of times. And that made it so that it was a pretty, pretty smooth process as we recorded. And uh, did you, go, or what was the recording process like? How was that experience for the band? Um, well, it was our first time recording together as that group, so it was cool to um, see how everyone worked in the studio. We would record scratch tracks first and then kind of just build up all the other parts on top of it, mm -hmm. and I think that was really exciting for all of us to hear it start from the very beginning, kind of how the songs originally were with just guitar and vocal, and then like watch the step-by-step -step process as it was built on and hear how the sound changed uh, as all the different instruments came on and uh, recognize how vital every single one of those parts were, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. If there's any other parts that you want to talk about with that? <laughs> no, had you, um, as a solo act, had you uh, been in the studio before or was this literally your first time? I, yeah, I had recorded a few times at a few different studios, um, just small things, uh, singles and things like that. But gotcha. this was, um, this was my first real experience with a full band, uh, recording a full album. We'd done the little EP before, but it was kind of a, an at-home sort of situation we'd worked with someone uh who was interning at a studio mm -hmm. and so we had access to a lot of great equipment which was awesome um but this was our first time working with someone that was you know a more established engineer and um where we were more confident with what we wanted the sound to be as well cool yeah um and how did your uh your solo experiences in the studio help prepare the band to what to, for what to expect um 
I definitely feel like I was a lot less confident in the studio when I first was going in as a solo artist. I think the fact that I had had some experience, you know, singing by myself in a booth in front of a microphone really helps so that it made the the recording process a bit faster probably <laughs> than it might have been. But also, um, I think I'd figured out... Uh, I figured out how to experiment a little bit more. So that I think allowed the vocal parts to be a little bit um, more exciting than they might've been before. But also I think the fact that I was feeling more confident in the studio made it so that we all were able to kind of take more risks and um, take more chances on how we were gonna make the album sound. Gotcha. And uh, what's one thing that musicians getting ready to go into the studio for the first time what's one thing they should know before they go um i think you should just no matter what if it's your first time going in if it's your like 30th time going in i think it's always a learning experience like there are going to be things that you look back on the album and think oh i wish i would have changed that and if you get caught up on perfecting everything um, and trying to get it to the point where you will never have to say that about the album, you're just going to spend forever in the studio. I think a lot of it is letting go of those imperfections and saying, this is what makes this music human, you know? Mm. This is what allows a little bit of connectiveness in the music is the fact that there are imperfections and there are places for growth and just continually learning from past experiences and then going on to the next project and taking that knowledge with you. Um, you'd mentioned that you, while you were kind of writing out and hashing out the album that you went on two tours, what, what were the tours that you went on? What was that experience like? Uh, we did two tours up through the Pacific Northwest. So we hit up um, different uh, Rexburg, Boise, Seattle, um, Portland, and Eugene. Uh, and it was it was a really, really cool experience being able to take this band that we'd formed and um, take it to different places and see how people um, connected with it in different places where we'd never met people before. Uh, the first tour was definitely a bit more difficult of an experience just because uh, on the second day of tour, I got laryngitis, which oh, I'd never right. gotten in my life. And it was, I think, a combination of being sick and trying to sick, sing through it that just, it was, it was bad news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the second tour was sort of a makeup tour for that one, in a way, because a lot of the shows that we played the first tour were mostly instrumental. <laughs> Um, so really we went on one tour that was actually, you know, what it was supposed to be. But I think the first tour was a good experience to figure out how to roll with, with the punches, you know, mm, yeah. um, try to problem solve and troubleshoot on the road and make things still work. Mm -hmm. Um, it was definitely a very, it really brought us all together, um, with the with the group that was at that point and um i think really strengthened us for the next tour so that we knew like what problems were going to come up and it was a good run through i guess to get us ready for touring <laughs> Perfect. um had you ever as a solo act had you ever done a tour by yourself or was this your first time out um, on the road my only experience uh performing out of like on the road was more like getting booked for like weddings and uh, events like that. So I hadn't really ever done a fully, you know, booked and um, uh, yeah, a fully booked tour. Okay. <laughs> that was so definitely. You... No, okay. sorry. Go on. No, I was going to say, so you'd really only done like little out and back event, like one day yeah, out exactly. type things. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, when you're not playing music, what are you doing? What do you do in your spare time? Um, <laughs> I, I work is the other thing. I used to go to school, but when I was going to school and working and doing music, I, I realized that I wasn't really putting 100% into any one thing. Mm. So I decided to drop school because I was mostly just doing that for fun and taking fun classes that were helping me just kind of explore my creative side. I was taking a sculpture class and um, 
different things like that, mm. uh, which were really, really fun. And I think very helpful for me. And um, I definitely still enjoy a lot of those kind of creative type outlets, because I think if you limit yourself to one creative outlet, you're going to get a little bit stuck. Um, so it's fun to explore in different mediums, creating art. Um, but for the most part, I think I have gotten to a point where most hobbies kind of have gone on the back burner as I focused more and more on music and trying to make that my full-time gig. Gotcha. Well, you you just answered my next question. Um, but what do you do for, uh, what's your full-time gig or full-time job? Um, so right now I actually work for a group that sort of acts as a middleman between interior designers and artists. They do framing and um, art prints. So I am, I'm in training right now, but I'm learning to basically work with um, artists and designers and getting them um, products that they want as far as art and frames and those types of things. <laughs> and so even while you're working, you're still doing something creative. Yeah, this is actually, this is a pretty new thing, but that's one side of it that I was really, really excited about is I think it's going to really help um, keep that creative side of my brain sparked and um, alive a little bit more than <laughs> more like data entry and mm -hmm. um, more hands-on jobs have. Yeah. And um, what one thing that like when we first entered or when we first got introduced to each other, was it a couple weeks ago, I believe? <laughs> Yeah, I realized that we have a bunch of mutual friends because we uh, oh. we've been up through uh, Utah a few different times. Uh, oh, that's right. Like doing like uh, what we call production runs, where we'll come up, we'll do like live acoustic sessions and what have you. Oh, um, that's cool. But we've never been able to stop, or no, we've stopped in Provo, but we never stopped in Orem. Um, mm -hmm. We got to work with. Uh, we've worked with like Tom Bennett. It oh, was nice. Really, yeah. Um, what's the independent scene like in the Utah Valley there? I think it's actually a really, a really cool scene. We've got two colleges really close together. There's one in Orem and one in Provo. And I think the fact that there's so many young people that are coming here to go to school, it brings a lot of fresh talent in. And there's a lot of people that have a really strong passion for making music and the scene here is really strong um, we've had a lot of bands come out of Provo that have gone on to be really big like mm -hmm. Neon Trees and Imagine Dragons both came out of Provo yeah. <laughs> small small roots um, but it's been it's a really cool scene to be a part of because people are so passionate about music here and there's um, really cool venues like Valor that do so much to really strengthen the community in the music scene and make it so that it's really tight. And you know a lot of people when you do the when you start doing music here, you start to meet a lot of people and um, really get a ton of connections really fast. Mm -hmm. Really cool. And you're not far from like Park City or Salt Lake City, right? No, yeah, we're about 45 minutes from both, I think. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. so how often do you guys, is that like a common thing you guys do to go up and play in Salt Lake or Park City for a gig, or do you more mainly stay further south? Um, we actually are trying to expand more up into the Salt Lake area this year. That's kind of one of our goals. But we've definitely done a lot of, we have a few different um, bars and different venues that we've performed at up in Salt Lake um, that we really, really like. And the scene up there is um, really cool too. So we're excited and hopeful to get more into that side of things. Um, Park City, I played solo quite a bit for a while, but we haven't been back up there for a little bit. So I should probably... I should probably look into that because I like that area too. <laughs> yeah. I just remember the first time I went through Park City, my car could barely handle those hills. Like yeah. Going up so and down. Many hills. <laughs> it was just like, oh, come on, come on, little buddy. Let, let's make it this far. <laughs> we, yeah. We were working with a piano player up there and she couldn't obviously bring her piano to where we were shooting. Right. And mm -hmm. so I was like, well, if you're cool with it, we'll come to you. 
and little did I know she was like right up <laughs> right up the mountain and it's like oh no you know yeah yeah that uh it's a true mountain city <laughs> yeah it is it's so there's no flat spot I think in any of Park City <laughs> no no there's definitely not um where's a one place that you would really like to try and play in the next year or so is there like a city or a venue Mm. that you would really like to try and get to I would really love to play in Nashville I think that would be a really cool spot to play we're we haven't gotten so very far east yet Mm -hmm. our farthest east so far is going to be in a couple weeks we're going to Austin for South by Southwest Oh, wow. We're really, really excited about it. We're doing a couple of unofficial showcases down there. Nice. Um, that's going to be the farthest we've ever traveled as a band. So nice. <laughs> it's um, going to be cool. Not to take advantage of the entire situation, but when you guys travel through or whatever, let me know because I live in Waco, actually, and that's about an oh, hour, nice. hour and a half north of Austin. Oh, cool. So, like, yeah, that's good and, to know definitely know a bunch of musicians that are going to Austin and trying to figure out a way to make it kind of work without it being too crazy. Uh I hear a lot of, Oh, it's really packed. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's what I've heard too. I haven't been to South by before. So I'm, I'm just going off of all of the experiences that I've been hearing about where it's super packed, tons of traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous about that side of things, but yeah. it's going to be really I, cool. Honestly, I'll be kind of interested to see how it goes this year mm-hmm. with the coronavirus outbreak. Yeah. yeah I don't thought about that. And like, I, from what I, this is from what I hear, I've not been able to confirm it, you know, and I heard a lot of like the big, companies and big acts are kind of pulling out uh-huh so you know so it's like it'll make things a little less crowded but you know so we'll see how that goes like i'm definitely gonna try and make it down there at least for a day to you know see what it's all about so i can at least say hey i was in austin during south by yeah I think if nothing else, that's the, that's the funnest thing to be able to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you guys, are you guys just coming down just for South by Southwest or are you like gigging your way down? So we're, we're coming down basically straight to Austin okay. and then on the way back, we're hoping to set up a show in Phoenix. So okay. we'll get at least three shows in. <laughs> okay. That's cool. And how did you guys get uh, set up at South by Southwest? Um, a lot of emails. <laughs> I basically would look, I looked up as many unofficial showcases as I could, and I tried to figure out how to get in touch with them and just sent them all of our information, links to videos and songs, and hoped for the best. And two of them got back to us and were really excited about having us on. So we're grateful that they're willing to take a chance on us and I'm hoping that it's a great experience for everybody, which I'm sure it will be. I'm stoked. It'll be a nice little warm up for a tree fort. fort. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be nice. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, that's really cool. Like I wasn't expecting, or I didn't know you guys would be coming down for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like I'd mentioned just, let me know when you guys are down. Um, mm-hmm. We get something set up. I'll yeah, make, sure my, make sure my crew is with me. <laughs> so, Perfect. Um, and even if not, you know, just hanging out is always fun as well. Um, yeah. So w- what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Like, I, I kind of want to try and Get, give some value to some of the listeners, maybe younger musicians. What's right. the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, I think it's basically just the idea that if you don't put yourself out there, then there's like, no one's going to hear you. I think the biggest thing that I've learned just by, I listen to a lot of 
um, interviews and um, different things with musicians just to kind of try to learn from their experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I've heard over and over again is that like it was just one person at one show, you know, that made all the difference for them and their success. And um, I think when people get discouraged by not having a ton of people at a show or by not getting the uh, like the attendance that they're hoping for or attention that they're hoping for, they don't like they don't keep going. And I think the whole point is that um, success is a combination of luck and a lot of work. And if you're not putting a ton of work into putting yourself out there and like doing the shows that are smaller and still putting your heart and soul into it, um, and really making the effort to make sure that as many people as can hear you, hear you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then, um, you're really shooting yourself in the foot as far as getting yourself to be able to do it full time. I think, the biggest difference between people who don't end up doing music full-time and people who do is that it's a matter of endurance of just keeping on, keeping on and um, dealing with all the setbacks and the difficulties and the kind of emotional drain that you get (laughs) from putting yourself out there over and over again. Um, And just making the effort like continuously. Mm -hmm. And the, the fact that you brought up emotional drain that just being so open takes on people. I just, I just want to take a minute and remind people that it's okay to talk to people because from my, my perspective, like I've seen musicians that just put their, put everything out on the line. And then (laughs) when they come off stage, they have no support structure or they jump into on social media and they see like all this negative comments about a show they did three weeks ago. And then they just turn to like, uh, like substance abuse or whatever to try and make themselves feel better. And all they needed was somebody to talk to and everything would have been at least a little bit better. Um, yeah, for sure. So I just wanted to take that minute to kind of reiterate that it's okay to talk to people. Um, Definitely. What, how do, what does the role of mental health play in your life? Is it something that you're very conscious of thinking about or? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely been a huge struggle throughout most of my life is dealing with um, my mental health and how, because there is definitely a thing where once you start um, getting down and depressed, it there's it's so hard to motivate motivate yourself to do anything, mm-hmm. um, and especially things that are so vulnerable and emotionally draining <laughs> again, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. as especially as creating art. But there is something to the the strength that it takes to get up and to make the effort to create something I think is very therapeutic in itself. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can do that, then it's just another baby step towards getting up and finding help. I think a lot of people that get trapped in mental health issues have a hard time. Um, there it's, it's so hard to, when you're in that place to want to get help. I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing is, Um, realizing that you need it and then making steps to put yourself out there and figure out what you need to do to get it fixed to get better but it is it's such a huge thing when you can get to a point where you're more healthy I think the idea of being a tortured artist is kind of it's an it's an old idea and I Mm -hmm. think you make art and be happy (laughs) (laughs) and you don't have to stay in a place where you're just really hurting in order to make beautiful art. There's so much to be said for art that is made by people who have gotten help and have gone through those things and have gotten out on the other side. And people can really learn from that and um, be inspired by that as much as anything. Mm -hmm. And I think like 
the loss of like Kurt Cobain and all the musicians mm-hmm. like that, like just a suicide or drug overdoses yeah. has taught that it's better to have these people around instead of them playing the tortured artist and not having them around. Exactly. Yeah. Because I often wonder how much good music have we missed out on because. So much. Yeah. Because they got trapped in that and they didn't have anyone to help them out of it. Exactly. If we can avoid having that happen to any more artists in the future, I think that would be a huge stride in the right direction (laughs) for Mm. music in general. Exactly. Yeah. But um, not to bring the energy of the podcast way down, but, you know, it's something important enough that I felt like we needed to talk about. And since it was kind of like a perfect segue, I took advantage of it and we were there. Yeah, and artists, I think, in general, like of all different medias, definitely have a hard time with that because it is such an emotional um, field to be in. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely a huge thing that people um, struggle with when they're in creative fields is that it's a creative, it's an emotional outlet. But I think there are other ways to like assist with that, to like just contribute more to that outlet and find help (laughs) in more ways than one absolutely and then it's uh, yeah it's there's just a lot to say about it and um i had a thought in my head and it just disappeared (laughs) but um yeah so any anyways um we, we've kind of been talking about what you're currently working on and what mm-hmm. you've been doing, but what's the future hold for you? What do you, where do you want to take the band? What's the ultimate goal? Do you have an ultimate goal? You know, that. Yeah. Um, that's actually something that we've been discussing a lot this year as a band is figuring out what we want to do with this and what our ultimate goals are, which has been really, really cool to experience that, like how much everyone in the band is so invested in this. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing that we all are hoping for is to be able to do music and only music. <laughs> we all want to be able to, you know, live full time on this, which is something I think a lot of musicians want to do. Yeah. Um, that's kind of with that goal in mind, we're working hard to, like I said, put ourselves out there and, um, trying to play as many gigs as, in as many places as possible this year. And I think our main focus is definitely going to be on, um, strengthening our live show, strengthening our sound and, um, strengthening and growing our fan base as much as we can. <laughs> nice. Um, on the topic of fan base, w- where like because are you guys are are you currently on spotify and all that stuff yeah we're on spotify apple music itunes all the things um one thing that i kind of want to dive into really quick because i'm always interested into analytics and like Mm -hmm. where people are listening where's the strangest country that you never would have thought people would have been listening to your music from Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm actually going to open up my my demographics thing here <laughs> and nice. look at that. Because um, I know we've had some random ones. Let's see. Because I know on mine, for the longest time, we were getting a lot of views from, like, Uganda. Oh, weird. <laughs> which was one of those things where it's like, we primarily, or at the time when I was looking at it, it was mm-hmm. like it, we were really only working with two different types of musicians. Either they were singer songwriters or they were heavy death metal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder which one they're listening to. Cause, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those weird things. Yeah. But, yeah. I know we've gotten some random ones. Right now, we've just got Canada and France popping up, which I okay. don't think I know anyone in Canada I could be very wrong with that Um, but I think I've seen places like China and um, different random like Caribbean countries pop Mm -hmm. up before 
And it's always fun to like see them pop up and be like, oh, what one person just discovered us? That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know recently we've been expanding pretty heavily into Australia and the oh, UK, nice. but that was more by design than anything mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have aspirations of uh, traveling abroad and working abroad. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> That would uh, that's the dream. International touring. Where where's one place that you really want to check out internationally? I honestly just would love to tour all of Europe. I think that would be so fun. I've been to a couple of places over there and just as a tourist. And Mm -hmm. I think it would be just having experienced a little bit of touring here in the States, it would be so cool to be able to be seeing all of those like really like very historied. Mm-hmm. very historical places um with so many different types and um just different varieties of people and um i don't know it'd just be cool to be able to share what we're doing with the people over there and see how they take it you know it'd just be they have such a passion for arts over there mm-hmm. just there's so many people busking in the streets and different little indie artists that have just skyrocketed out of places like the UK and Germany and France and all of those places. It'd be so cool to be able to see what we could do with that experience. Absolutely. There's this one musician that I guess I followed a few years back and almost every morning at about 8 a.m. my time, she has a live stream video of her busking in like this downtown oh, cool. marketplace in London. <laughs> and it's like the most amazing sound quality I've ever heard. So it's like, Man. are you doing that from your phone? Because if you are, <laughs> let me know. Now, what kind of phone is that? <laughs> exactly. Is that it, it sounds like almost like she's getting a direct feed from her amp or, or from her PA or something because it wow. is like crystal clear. Oh, that's amazing. And, but like every more, like if I have time when, before I go to work, I'll jump on and like just listen to a little bit of the uh, set or whatever. And it's, there's always a crowd. So it's like, cool. Like yeah. it's awesome that people get to get to do that on a day in day out basis. Yeah. But and yeah, it's just such a cool community up there as far as music goes too. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I was I just pulled up the analytics for this podcast and we have four viewers from Afghanistan. That is the new Whoa, place. Whoa that's cool. Nice. I I mean I I don't know how they got a hold of it, but <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you for yeah. listening. You know, hello to Afghanistan. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's so funny. I'm glad we went down that road because I've never dug that deep into my analytics to mm-hmm. see like how far back they go. Yeah. That's funny. At least for this podcast, because I mean, it's super easy on Facebook, but when I got to go through like a second server right. and pull up the analytics, it's like, eh, I don't really want to. After. Uh, uh, Meh. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so when you, when you were in uh, school, where were you, or college, where were you going to school at? Were you, it was it, uh, so there, there was a school that I was looking at taking a job at. They had like a wow. video producer job. It was like Utah Valley University or something. Yeah, Utah Valley. That's yep. the one that I was going to. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. There's Utah Valley University and Brigham Young University okay. here in Provo and Orem. And UVU is the one I was going to. Nice. Yeah, there was that that's how I was initially introduced to coming up to uh Utah there was I was heavily looking at this job and then I got uh got a job in New Mexico. So I lived in New Mexico for four years instead. Oh nice. I, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> but Southwest. Exactly. How do you or how do you like li- living in Utah? Do you, or would you rather be in back in South Carolina or wh- wh- how's the feeling right now? 
I like I'm really really glad that I grew up in South Carolina because I think there's a lot more diversity on the east coast than there is in Utah yeah um I think that was a really good experience for me and just like the hospitality and the the kinds of people that are in the south are just amazing and just beautiful beautiful people um but I I do really like being in Utah I think there's just so much um just natural inspirational stuff that you can draw from here there's like there's mountains that are just right they're 10 minute drive away you can just get up into the mountains and be far away from everything and mm-hmm. um, there's national parks down south that are just gorgeous and yeah. i think those two features attract a lot of really cool people too yeah. so yeah. there's just all sorts of different varieties of things that you can do and people to meet and i think it's really cool being a part of it nice yeah, I've always told uh, Jeff, my audio engineer, that if I had unlimited resources and we could take Live and Amplified, do it full time, and base it out of anywhere, Moab would probably be yeah. one of my top choices. Because oh, every, every time we go up to Salt Lake, we stop in Moab. It is absolutely amazing. And I just like, it's very touristy. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> you, you, you stop and it's like, oh, hey, let's go ride dune buggies, or let's go do this, or let's go do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just the energy there. It's like, all right, I dig it, yeah. you know. You can't, I feel like you can't be bored in Moab. <laughs> no, not at all. There's just and, no way. It's too and, much to do. Exactly. And one of these years when we come through, uh, we're definitely going to just, like, stay more than, like, an hour and just kind of <laughs> really go on like a back road like just like go explore what it's really yeah. about definitely but, do that there's yeah. some there's some really cool little nicks and crannies in those national parks yeah but the one place i really want to stop that we have not been able to stop because every time we come through it's either really early in the morning or really late at night is Holen cave oh i don't think i've heard of that it's, I think it's like still south of Moab. It's like a mm-hmm. diner or something that's built into the side of a cave. Oh, wow. And, that's really cool. Yeah. And so every time we pass oh, it, it's it a hole in the wall? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I yeah. have heard of that one. I was like, wait, hole in cave doesn't sound right, but I'm going to say it because it's. No, yeah. I don't think I would have thought of it if you hadn't said that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the hole in the wall. Okay. Yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, (laughs) But, you know, every time we drive past it, it's like, dang, it's like five in the morning. Are they open? No, they're not open. (laughs) Yeah, that's really sad timing. Yeah. And it's more just because we're weirdos that we drive during the night. So we don't, like, I have this weird philosophy. I'd rather drive during the night. It, so we would be able to work during the day and mm. that's all well and good until you get to that second day and nobody's yeah days and it's yep. like oh there's a flood in my plan <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> who would have seen that coming yeah you know i mean i'm i'm not that smart you know but you <laughs> no, know, i think <laughs> There's a few, my drummer especially definitely has that mentality where he's like, let's not miss work on Monday and just like drive through the night Sunday so we can work on Monday. And we're all like, but we won't sleep. (laughs) And then my theory in my head is always, well, we'll go on four hour road or we'll go on four hour rotation. So everybody gets eight hours and all you have to do is drive four. See, that's smart. We should do that. It works until somebody doesn't drive or the rotation gets mixed up and Uh, then I end up driving 12 hours and it's like, (laughs) Oh damn. (laughs) You know, but it's okay. I'm, I'm a crazy person. So. Yeah. I think we all are some way. Yeah. I I can see that. Um, but we we'd been kind of talking about your schedule the entire time, but what's your schedule looking like as far as show upcoming shows and all that stuff? Yeah, so um, on March seventeenth and nineteenth are two days that we're doing our 
unofficial South by Southwest showcases. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're going to be posting the actual locations for those pretty soon. I know one of them's at the Mean Eyed Cat in Austin, which I'm super excited about. I think it was a, it's a Johnny Cash tribute bar. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be cool. Um, and then after that, we're probably playing a show in Phoenix on the 21st, which is a Saturday. And then we've got um, Tree Fort Fest after that. So that's going to be the last week of March, March where we're yeah. playing on, I think, a Thursday and a Sunday. Nice. In different places. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then that's you're good. open Thanks. after the, you're open after that. You don't have any shows booked or. We've got a So Far Seattle show booked in April and a couple home base shows just around Utah in May. Okay. I think that's as far out as we've gone. <laughs> Are you looking to build out like a little mini tour around the Seattle show or is it just kind of go up? Yeah, there? I think we're playing also in Olympia okay. the day after. Gotcha. Yeah, I think we're playing at a hotel. <laughs> How far, is the, how far is the drive to Seattle from you? It's, I think, 13 or 14 hours. It's, well, a, it's a good chunk. Yeah. Because that was with the first time we went to Salt Lake, that was my idea that we were going to go up to Seattle. And then we realized how far it really was from Salt yeah. Lake. And I'm like, oh, it's not just like a day trip. It's like a get yeah, in the car, a drive a day, and then you're there. <laughs> Yeah, we just did a little mini tour out to Portland and Eugene, mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be a weekend tour, and we left at four in the morning on Saturday and pulled up straight to the show that night, and then the next day we had an afternoon show at a coffee shop, and then we just drove straight home and ended up not getting home until eight in the morning the next day. Oh, well, that's so, it was a lot of driving. <laughs> that sounds like my la our last trip out to that way. We did. So I had a, I had moved, or after I'd lived in Roswell, New Mexico for four years, I moved to Tallahassee. That was kind mm -hmm. of, it was kind of a unwritten agreement between me and my parents because they wanted me to move closer to them. Gotcha. So Tallahassee was like, okay, I'm close enough that I could <laughs> drive on the weekend but not close enough that they could just randomly show up on a Tuesday without <laughs> calling good, me you good know in between. <laughs> yeah so um i had planned this huge trip around uh, like 4th of July so it was going to be like all right i drive out to Roswell and over 4th of July weekend they have the UFO festival so mm. you, you know that's a huge thing for them and then after the UFO festival, we took off to Salt Lake City, Montana, and then we were supposed to go to Las Vegas, California, and then back down. We were supposed to do that all within 10 days. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of driving. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I didn't have a full grasp as to how far, every, how far everything is spread out in the West mm -hmm. there. Yeah. It took us yeah. like almost double the amount of time to get from Salt Lake City to Kalispell, Montana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yep. just a lot of really open spaces. Yep, and it didn't help that our phones didn't work. Like, nobody had a mm -hmm. phone signal. Yeah, it's reception like, when you get out in the boonies is not great. Yeah, and then our GPS shut off, and then we let the young guy drive because he's, like, 22, and it's like, hey, you got a lot of energy. <laughs> well, the rest of us sleep for a little bit and I wake up four hours later and we're like a block away from where I left him he's like I have no idea where we're at we've literally oh, been no. circling the block for four hours I'm like oh no dude why didn't you wake one of us he's like y'all were like snoring I wasn't about to try and wake you guys I'm like yeah but you just wasted like a tank of gas dude you know um. But that, it, it, it was one of those growing experiences. You know? Yep. <laughs> but, you know, tour, tour life, you, you never know what to expect. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got laryngitis the second day of our first tour, so yeah. you really never know. <laughs> yeah. And how long was that first tour? It was, I think, a week and a half. Okay. Yeah. Is your current job 
kind of aware of what you do on this with your yeah, music? Yeah, they're actually, they're super flexible. I think that's one of the biggest things that drew me to working with them is that they're very supportive of what I'm doing and they're very flexible about having me leave for some periods of time, <laughs> which is very helpful. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, obviously they're not going to let you leave for months at a time, but yeah, you know, the occasion. Yeah, I'm, week- okay. I'm okay with little weeks or weekends every once in a while. I think that's perfect. Yeah. And I think at least initially starting off the little, the occasional three-day trip to somewhere, you know, like that's a pretty solid little run, yeah. you know, especially if you know how to book it out right and everybody yeah, can kind of exactly. make it work for themselves. How how hard is it to tour with a, what is it, a seven-piece band or six-piece? Yeah, um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is trying to find lodging. <laughs> Because we also have a weirdly nitpicky band where most of us like to have our own our own bed. <laughs> oh. So yeah. it makes things a little bit pricier, but I think that's a good thing for us because it definitely pushes us because we know we're going to have to spend more money on lodging. I think it pushes us to, you know, want to perform at a higher level so we can get paid more. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we can afford to tour like that. Gotcha. And so you mean you guys don't all just like sleep in the car like... No, yeah, that's what, they're all, like, determined. Well, I, me kind of included. I'd be willing to sleep in the van. Yeah. And we just barely bought our first van, so that's okay. exciting. Nice. Um, but we have not, we just drove through the night. That's our only experience sleeping in it. Cause, and I don't think we're going to be staying in the van anytime soon, just because yeah. people, we've got a couple of snorers. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's one thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We also... Um, yeah, we're just kind of a high maintenance band. Hey, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that though. Like it make it I wish I was high maintenance because it makes things that much more comfortable. Yeah. Like yeah. like I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Like I'm literally not against pulling into a rest area and throwing my yeah. coat over my head and sleeping for three hours with three mm-hmm. other dudes in the car. Like <laughs> I wish I was that high high maintenance just because I'd probably have a better back and I probably <laughs> wouldn't be as tired as I am. That's fair. The that overnight drive definitely had it did a toll on me. Yeah. <laughs> they usually do. They usually yep. do. like Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where when once you get yourself on like used to driving in the middle of the night, it's really not that bad. I hope we get to that point. <laughs> I'm definitely not at that point right now. <laughs> yeah, understood. I mean, I've been doing it probably for the last 12, 13 years. Like it started when I was in college mm-hmm. and I had to drive 14 hours to get to my parents. Wow. Or like spring break or Christmas break or whatever. Oh, and it was like right after finals or right after exams hop in the car, drive 14 hours, and I was there in the morning, you know. Wow. But That's I a lot mean, of driving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But um, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know everybody's time is valuable, so I don't, I don't want to occupy all your time. I really appreciate you giving me the time to sit down and chat with you. It's been a really awesome conversation. It's it went a lot of different places. I wasn't expecting it to go. <laughs> you know. Thank you. No, yeah, I've I've really enjoyed talking to you about this. It's been it's really cool to sit down and like really think through all of these things about what we're doing. Nice. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're very welcome. It's you know I I tell a lot of people it's like I never know how these live cast interviews are going to go because I'm trying to push mm-hmm. myself out of my comfort zone. And right. talking to people that I have little to no context as to who they are, or what they're about, mm-hmm. and literally have never met in person. And so it's just kind of like, okay, let's try and figure out how I'm going to feel feel out the situation and how the conversation's going to go. And I okay. never know, but it's always exciting when it's like, oh, we've been doing this for an hour and 10 minutes already? Oh, wow. I didn't really, you know. <laughs> oh. So it's always exciting. Yeah. 
like I, oh. I think it's such a cool idea for a podcast too yeah. it's definitely voices that don't get heard enough mm -hmm. i think and i think what you're doing is a really really cool thing for musicians in general thank you really appreciate that and honestly it was spawned out of a moment of pure panic we really yeah it was uh uh my jeff my audio engineer who i mentioned a little bit ago uh he had a band that he had worked with previous to live and amplified that was coming from oklahoma city mm -hmm. they were they were like a at the time they were like a regional touring band they had picked up like short legs with national touring acts and they were really starting to pick up some steam and i wanted to do like a live session with them but the scheduling was so tight they couldn't commit to like a three or a four hour shoot and i was right. like well you know what let's just do an interview and they're like okay you know because that that was very minimal setup and mm -hmm. like we could literally do it at the venue right and then that just kind of became the podcast and that's so cool so and then <laughs> we the uh, yeah sorry a, i think the best things are born out of necessity yeah exactly because it was one of those things where it's like dude these guys are gonna blow up one day and we're gonna mm -hmm. wish we had them on the podcast <laughs> so you know it's it's one of those things and it ended up working out really well for both of us so nice win-win um, yeah exactly <laughs> um but where can uh everybody find you on social media uh to stay on top of any new music being released shows all that stuff yeah. um we're on instagram facebook um if you look up roadie for instagram it's roadie music is the handle and facebook i think the handle is roadie and the band you should probably get that streamlined into one single handle <laughs> but for now that's what we've got and uh we're on twitter as well with roadie underscore music mm -hmm. and then um if you follow us on spotify on apple music um you'll get notified when we release new stuff we're always posting about when we're going to release stuff too so you'll have good advance notice if you're following us on all the other places too perfect yeah the streamlining thing is important i just went through that headache not too long ago i think the only place that is different than anything else is our twitter page mm -hmm. and luckily i don't use twitter that often but you know nice. maybe one day we will but mm -hmm. it's it's yeah, kind of the I've just got my two bandmates on it because I, I've never really been on there and they're really well versed on Twitter format and yeah. language. So they make me yeah. sound funny. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah. It's really good when you get somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. I'm a fan. Nice. Awesome. But um, once again, I want to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to sit down and chat with you. It's been an absolute blast um and i can't wait to hopefully meet up with y'all in uh south by southwest hopefully we can find time to make that work out um, that would be really really awesome yeah That'd be cool. I, like i mean i don't know if we'd be able to do a live session or anything but you know mm -hmm. just maybe revisiting doing a full band podcast i don't you know we'll yeah. figure something out there, there's a we're pretty flexible when it comes to trying to work with musicians and get them out there that's so cool. Yeah, that would be, we're super down, whatever you want to do. <laughs> awesome. But um, thank you once again. Uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in. Uh, and we will see you guys next time.